Friendshiping is proud to partner with Multitude for some sweet ads. With Knowable, you can learn anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace through audio. Learn about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle from NBA All-Star Chris Paul. Or learn about space from NASA Commander Scott Kelly. A bunch of smarty pantsesses. Eggheads. Four eyes. Eight eyes. Sixteen eyes. So many eyes. Knowable is accessible on your phone and on the web, and each audio course is broken out into individual lessons, usually around 15 minutes long. You can explore at your own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, and more. As a friendshiping listener, you can get an annual membership to Knowable for 20% off. Get unlimited access to every Knowable audio course right now. Just download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi or download the app and use code FRIENDSHIPPING for an additional 20% off. That's knowable, K-N-O-W-A-B-L-E dot F-Y-I. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is, is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Um, Gay Literature Book Club. When your friends suck. Oh, man, right? It's like a great book club that your friends refuse to support, I guess. Yeah, seriously. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, as we mentioned last week, oh I could not be more excited to answer this question because it, it infuriates me. Uh, it's, we're going to be touching on homophobia, um, lack of empathy, um, keeping in touch with your friends during COVID and just doing your best um, and using your privilege to talk to similarly privileged people that are your friends. We'll be discussing all of this, which is all hot, sexy topics, I would say. Yeah, this is a this is a grown up episode. <laughs> and by grown up, I mean I'm going to act like a grown up and be mature and responsible and not scream my head off in anger. I can't promise this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I appreciate your honesty. You took a hard look at yourself and you said, know what? I am going to scream. And good for you because I also feel like screaming. I have known this since the day I read this question that there is very little chance that I will be able to keep my cool. If I like do manage to be a like reasonable adult during this, I feel I deserve a cookie. Oh quite yeah. Frankly. Oh yeah. <laughs> at least a cookie. Yeah, at, um, the, at the very least. Trin, how how are you? How's but let's banter before we get super angry. <laughs> so Jen, I actually do have something wonderful to report. Remember last week when we were talking about my weird fictional trope exercise? Yes, yes, yes. Your therapy exercise. So, Right. So to briefly recap, this was actually my idea. My therapist wanted me to identify other parts of myself that aren't the critical self-talk part, and I had no idea how to do this. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go through my my history of all of the fictional characters, all of the tropes, all of the uh, the INTJ, the zodiac signs, everything that I've ever used to identify myself or identify what I value and put it all together and see what all the categories are, basically. And I brought it to my therapist yesterday and Jen. I have been seeing Cynthia (laughs) for over three years. And for the first time, so she goes, wow, you did a really good job. First of all, she's never said anything like that before. Oh, you got an A. Oh, uh, yes. So, and I go, uh, so would you say perhaps I got an A on this? (laughs) And Cynthia goes, you know what? Yeah, you can have the A for this for the first time in three and a half years. Because I say this all the time. I'm like, oh, I did a good job. Can I have a, can I have a cookie? Can I have a oh, sticker? Yeah, can yeah. I have an A? Yep, I do the same and thing. She's, 
<laughs> and she's like, she she gently brushes me off and changes the subject without rejecting it entirely because, you know, as, as an adult, I need to get used to quantifying my successes without a letter grade or a uh, number rubric. But she let me have this A. And, and you know what? I'm feeling really good. I've been riding that high for 24 hours now. That's amazing. I'm so happy you got your gold star. That sounded Finally. sarcastic, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I no, do the same, I know. I do, yeah, I do the same thing with the person, the therapist that I'm, I've been speaking with. We have the exact same dynamic trend in that I flat out told her like, hey, the only thing that gets in the way of this therapy session is me and that I am, de- I am desperate to impress all the what I consider grownups in my life. And you qualify as that. And she's like, and we yes. talked about it because it's a very common dynamic in therapy, especially people that are type A or, or uh, I don't know, went, to, went through a lot of, not that I went to through a lot of school, but I've, I've been to school. And I, even though it's been 12 years since I've been in school, I still am like locked into that mindset. And uh, at one point I gave myself a pat on the back and I asked for a grade and she's like, I'm not doing that. Like she's she's hard on me. That's why she's a good therapist, because I don't need exactly I don't need uh, a friend. I have a lot of good friends. I need someone to be like, no, 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 no. Um, And that concluded in a very I've never laughed so much in a therapy session as I did last week because we start we both started to notice just how often I ask for like feedback. <laughs> and, oh, um, yeah, it was funny. It was funny and, and sad and but mostly funny. And at one point she gave me um, something sort of unrelated to work on during the week. It's a conversation I've been meaning to have. And I go, so you're giving me homework. And the look she gave me through the Zoom was like, she like pulled her glasses down the bridge of her nose and gave me a look like, no. And I go, can it, can we call it homework? And she goes, we can call it that, but only if you agree that there's no deadline on this homework. And if you do it, you get a good grade. We, those, are the, those are the parameters. And I was like, but I really, I went to journalism school, so I really like deadlines. She was like, there's no deadline. So um, that's- I hate that's, that shit. I know. Tell me what to do and when to do it so I can do it right. If a task is important, an authority figure should be haranguing me about it, and at the end, I should be receiving a a very quantifiable letter grade as to how I did. That is how important tasks work, goddammit, my therapist yes. and yours. I know. It's amazing. You know, the fact that we both have had similar conversations just tells you how common this, this exact thing is. It is. She also said, like, <laughs> she's like, it's okay to want to be liked. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, I hope you like me. <laughs> Am I your favorite? I hope you think I'm funny. <laughs> Same. I, I like I definitely hope that I am my therapist's favorite child. Like oh, number yeah, one. For sure. It's interesting. I had a conversation with a male friend recently about getting into therapy and uh, meds and stuff. And he ended up being the fifth, okay, number five, the fifth man that I've talked about therapy who basically asserted that he's too smart to be happy. And he's too smart for this to work on him. And I feel like if there's and and I and I don't know um, how non-binary people tend to to react to therapy. I don't know if this is like an actual phenomenon at all. But it's just funny that you're talking to me about this. That every woman that I know, and including me as a non-binary woman, is looking to be the top favorite of their therapist, looking to get an A, wanting to be like the most progress, like progress the most. And every man that I've talked to about it, and they're all cis men, is like, therapy won't work on me because my problems are too real and I'm too (laughs) smart to be happy. It's funny because those are both indications of really the same core feeling, which is that my problems are real. They are the realest. 
and I am going to be really bad at therapy because of how real my problems are, or I'm going to be amazing at therapy because of how extra real my problems are. That's what I think. I think that's what gets in a way in the way for for people. Or those are those two different things. I wonder if there are more common like. I'm going into therapy and I feel this way because like my dad, my brother, a bunch of my male friends literally were like, "Okay, I walked in. The first thing I said is that I think this is stupid and I I don't think it's going to work. And then, of course, it does. You know, of course, (laughs) like once your ego gets broken down. And that's the thing is that it's ego, you know, like you and I, our ego is we want the A. And for men, their ego is well, this is silly emotional shit that I shouldn't have to deal with. But like the reality is that we just don't give men the emotional toolbox to understand that their problems are fixable and there are professionals for that. And then women were like, not only can you have feelings, but you also have to be the best at them. Oh my God. You have to manage them so well, even in front of your mental health professional. That's how good you have to be at handling and managing your own feelings. Man, this this is incredible and frustrating and so very real. And I want to be clear, you know, I don't really know. I don't know if this is actually consistent um, on those two genders. And I don't know if there's a consistent feeling for non-binary people um, going into therapy. I would say there probably isn't because non-binary obviously doesn't mean the third gender. It means this wide swath of people who don't identify as man or as woman. So I, again, like I, this is just an anecdotal thing that I was thinking about. And I want to be clear to the non-binary people out here that if you find that you felt one way or the other, that doesn't mean that you're a man or a woman. Okay. Like I know, I know as a non-binary person, sometimes we look for a these signs or something don't 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 use that okay like i know i I identified some like uh quote unquote split between the genders but that's not reality because there is no difference between groups of people that is greater than individuals oh yeah you know what i'm saying so like when when i say shit like this like take it with so like an entire gallon of salt because i'm not a professional and i'm just fucking around anyway jen what else (laughs) one thing i've been musing on lately is the idea of humility and how I realize it's um, hu- hum- being humble and, and having humility is maybe the quality I most, admire most in people. And to me, I, I want to be clear, being humble doesn't mean like not being confident. It doesn't mean being quiet in meetings when you know what's right. Like, I don't think I would never tell like right. a woman or non, non-binary person, like you need to be more humble. That's not what I mean. To me, being humble means being the straight cis man in this in this scenario we've been talking about, Trin, and going to therapy. To me, that is an expression of humility. And I just, I admire oh, that yeah. so much. I, To me, humility means like, I am I'm out to dinner with all my friends and they're all talking and um, someone interrupts me, but I let them go, you know, because I usually dominate these conversations. Being yes. humility is taking a step back or realizing or wondering if you need to. Um, being, hum- being humble, I-, I actually think being humble requires a lot of confidence, <laughs> you know, in like social situations. Yes. So yeah, the idea of, I, I was just thinking like how much people have to overcome to get themselves to therapy or to open a journal or to listen to a self-help podcast or open a book that they, in the, that they got from the self-help section. That requires humility. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that's, that's just something I really admire. It, uh, yeah, that's, it's, just, it's just a value I've been thinking on lately and how much, how important I think it is. Man, I agree. And I also think that going into therapy being like, eh, this isn't going to work because I got too many real problems. They're like, oh my God, I want to get an A. Those are both humble people because they've shown yeah, the fuck up. Yeah, you did you the know? hardest thing. 
actually recognizing that you may have a problem and taking steps to become a better, more functional, happier person, that requires a lot of humility. And like, and I know like it sounds like I'm shitting on men like, oh, my problems are too real. I'm too smart for this. But you feel that way for a reason. Society wants you to feel that way. Society wants you to feel like you're unfixable, you know, like like that's what they want. And they want women to feel like they're they're broken and then they should work on it forever. Anyway, speaking about the differences between genders, sexualities, my God, let's read this question. Let's just do it. it. I've decided to name them Claudia after my favorite member of the Babysitter's Club. Oh, love that. During the pandemic, I organized a virtual book club with myself, a bi woman, and three straight male friends. Oh, boy. We know each other from computer science grad school, so our book choices have leaned towards science fiction and dystopian fiction. We're pretty relaxed with book deadlines, and it's always okay to sit out of reading a book. Side note, great way to run a book club, especially in the pandemic, so good moves. We chose the book Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller to read. This book was out of all of our comfort zones because it was Greek mythology, but it was highly rated and highly recommended by many booktubers. One of the male members of the book club, of course, this person is male, so the other three members are male, uh, started the book right away and soon was giving us updates that he was not liking the book. The next day, he said he was not going to continue reading. The rest of us hadn't started yet, so we asked what the problem was, and he said, I'm not getting much out of reading a gay romance. This response took me by surprise. On one hand, in our book club, we are fine with anyone not reading the book. But on the other, more important, in my opinion, hand, we have read books with a similar amount of heterosexual romance. And that plot line has never been a deal breaker before. This friend knows that I'm bisexual, but I am in a long-term relationship with a man. And I don't talk very much about my queer identity, so I'm not sure if he has any feelings about that. Another layer to this is that in the books we have read in the past, there has been so much gratuitous violence towards women, rape, physical abuse, and assault. And I'm vocal about it when it seems like a female character is just there to be hurt and develop a man's character. This is a very common thing that happens in literature and media. Often, I just get met with responses that the violence was fun to read, and it's just a story and it's not realistic. Hard disagree, but okay. I don't like these aspects of my friends, but I'm often the only woman in our friend group, and it can be exhausting to defend myself and my thoughts when they just don't get it. Overall, I feel like this was a bit of a weak move by my friend, and I'm disappointed. Is there even anything to say to him about this? Should I just let this go? It happened a couple of weeks ago, and I can't seem to stop thinking about it. Thanks for your thoughts. Um, okay, so... I also can't seem to stop thinking about it, so you're in good company. Right? So the, let's start with the, the questions. Is there even anything to say to him about this? Yes. Should I let this go? Absolutely the fuck not. I don't care how many weeks ago it happened. Okay, let me calm down. Let's give a little benefit of the doubt disclaimer. Let me think of some positive things that might be happening here that I'm not seeing. You know, like maybe maybe this asker is being unreasonable in 
No, they're not. They, no, if you even think about this for like two seconds, this entire question is so grounded in reality. And I don't want to give any benefit of the doubt to this fuckboy book club beyond like maybe they're still on their journey and they can learn. That is all the credit I will give them that perhaps they will change. Because here's the thing. There are two other ostensibly cis straight men in this group that should have talked to the third male who was like, oh, gay romance, I can't do it. As privileged, as the privileged gender, it's their job to talk to him, not yours. So all three of them failed. And and this question is, is kind of set up saying they're like, oh, this guy, this guy. No, dude, it's all three of the men in your book club are fucking up. Yep. Uh, Trin, you called it the fuckboy book club, and that is what this is. I am um I'm unsurprised and surprised at the same time to hear to hear this reaction to this book, but it doesn't. I am angry. I'm so angry because this is what homophobia looks like. I think I would describe it as everyday homophobia. Oh yeah. Just because just because these these people wouldn't um would never like actively protest a pride event doesn't mean they are being accepting or kind or even decent about this. Oh man, I miss this detail because I somehow, but the fact that you've read uh, stories with other romance and they didn't say a goddamn word, but as soon as you introduce gay romance, somehow that makes it extreme or intense. That is that is terrible and that is homophobic. Yeah, it absolutely is homophobic. Like, I'm wondering also if you are, if your book club in general is keeping an eye to diverse voices, because when you're talking about science fiction, oh my God, there's just, so, there's so much. Like, it's a very diverse genre. Like, I mean, like just off the top of my head, N.K. Jemisin's entire deal. Like you could you could read that. And that's not about white straight men. It is surprising to me that it took this long to get to gay, I would say, in this book club. Yeah, science, science fiction is forward thinking and science fiction, especially new science fiction, like new wave science fiction. You could just be doing so much better than these books that use women as a tool for a man to feel feelings like you could be doing so much better. I just... Just fuck these guys. And Jen, you've read this book before, right? Oh, yes. I have read this book. I loved it. I, too, wasn't sure about it only because I, I'm not super interested in Greek mythology. And I thought maybe you had to know a little bit, have a little bit of background before you read the book. And the answer to that is absolutely a hard no. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you Google the book, um, you will get a thousand results with people asking that same question. Do I need to have read The Odyssey or The Iliad or anything to appreciate this book? And you will see pages and pages of people saying, no, read it. It's so good. And it's incredible. I, I read uh, the subreddit like called about books. And literally every week there's a new thread about this book. It's a story of Achilles during the Trojan War. Um, it's a it's a retelling, and it's well established that Achilles had a wartime lover. Oh he yeah, had a romance. He was during buried the war. with him, right? Yes, exactly. Oh my God, the book. Oh, even thinking about the ending of this book gives me gives me goosebumps. So your friend has an issue with uh, gayness in ancient Greece. Like, grow up, grow up, right? Oh man. <laughs> oh, it also doesn't matter like the content or the book or if, whether it's about Greek mythology or whatever. Like, the book is fantastic and a bestseller. And even that wasn't enough to clue in your friend that maybe they're in the wrong. But anyway, it doesn't matter how good or how bad the book is, really, because it's a it's a celebrated book, very interesting gay romance, and uh, your friend. And the friends around him didn't think about the consequences of his actions or the impact of his words at all. And being a friend means caring about what your friends think and feel. And they sure as hell should care about your identity. Yeah. Like, come on. 
I don't mm-hmm. care who you're dating, who you're in a long-term relationship with. Like, it doesn't matter. You are a bisexual person. <laughs> and the fact that your friend just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, it just speaks to the incredible lack of empathy here. I really think the crux of this is the, a lack of basic empathy. Because to both be able to enjoy or tolerate lots of violence against women in the art that you consume and to be completely unable to find anything relevant or interesting in a quote-unquote gay book really speaks to how small and narrow his world is, how small and narrow all three of their worlds are. Because, again, the other two dudes in the group, that's their job, is to keep the dude in line. You ought to use your privilege to influence and speak to similarly privileged people. That is what we do. That is how we have a fucking society. And they did not do that. And now, because they didn't do this, because they abdicated their responsibility, it instead falls to you. And that is, I really, I just really hate them so much. So there is um, a blog post um, called Windows, Mirrors, Sliding Doors that we're going to link in the show notes. That's really, it's, it's about race and uh, in literature. It's about African-American literature. But the essential idea here is the same, that you shouldn't need to always read a mirror. <laughs> this guy doesn't, should not require every book to be a mirror. I, and I wonder how he might react to a book that features sexual violence inflicted on a man. Or how he might react to a book that has two women having sex because, oh, that's hot to him or whatever. Like, I, I wonder how he would react to other marginalized identities, other painful experiences that he can see himself. And you said in the question, you don't know if he has feelings about your bisexuality. He's not allowed to have fucking feelings. Fuck his stupid fucking feelings. What feelings? To feel what? Those feelings are bad and ridiculous. If you are iffy on whether or not a friend accepts you fully, I don't think that they are your actual friend. They are just a thick-skulled fuckboy that you put up with because you want to have a book club. And I understand being lonely enough to want to do that. But let's get to the action phase of this. Because, Jen, I feel like, unless there's more you want to cover, I feel like we both have made clear all three of these men have screwed up, why this is such a bad situation and why the asker is very correct in her demands. Is, is there anything more that we want to establish that? Oh, yeah. Before we get into the action section, I just, my, my thought is, um, you wrote that it's exhausting to defend yourself. You shouldn't have to defend yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's fundamentally, that's un- fundamentally unfair. You shouldn't have to defend the book yourself, a gay romance, or your taste, or your sexuality, or your identity, any of it. Or not wanting um, to read about women being raped, but n- not wanting to read about um, gritty sexual violence because it's real or whatever. Like, you don't need to defend yourself for that. The fact that you have to means that these are three extremely immature, small-minded, snowflake, squishy boys. Yep. So you get to decide moving forward how much energy and work you want to put into this. You can do nothing and say, you know what? No more book club for me. Bye. That can be that can be it. Um, but there's also other steps you can take, too. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you, Jen. Like the level one amount of energy is like, eh, it's fine. Goodbye. And then we don't need to waste time. Um, you know, in this scenario, I would say these men are not reasonable and you do not think they would react reasonably to what you feel. So that would be the ghosting version is because, hey, you know what? No matter what I say, they're not going to be reasonable about it. So that's step one. Level two amount of energy is 
hey, that's not cool. Let's talk about that. So maybe despite all of their obvious and glaring flaws, you still love these fuckboys and you're willing to discuss why this makes you unhappy. And it would be very interesting of you to take this step simply because it seems that you already have a few times about other things. So this step, I would say, if you do the let's let this is not cool, let's talk about it. Kick it up a notch. Okay, say hey, I've talked to you about why certain books make me feel uncomfortable for very valid reasons, and now you are using your homophobia to get out of reading a fucking book. Like, do you understand why that sucks? You know, I I would say that. And then the most amount of energy, the level three, really the place where I am at right now is the phase I'd like to call first things first, I'll eat your brains. Okay, so this is actually a scenario where you are being fully honest fully angry and fully loud about what you feel because all of those things are reasonable to feel. You can be aggressively angry because this is an aggressively angering situation. And this can be either the nuclear option, the idea of like, I'm never going to talk to them again, so I'm just going to tell them everything I feel. Or it's the, you know, I don't think they're going to get it unless I really give them fucking hell and they need to meet Jesus. Like either it's one of those two things. And it is so valid for you to feel angry about this. I feel like in your question, you are trying to talk yourself out of being mad. And I don't think that that is productive. Yeah, I think maybe you're doing something I often do. I don't do anger well. I don't really like feeling angry. But maybe you're angry because you're angry. You're angry. You're just angry. And that is okay. And it is valid. And your anger is useful. It's telling you it's maybe flashing you a warning signal. These are things I've had to tell myself before because my brain starts to grapple with reasons about why my anger isn't valid. My brain starts to grapple with like excuses and reasons and things that, well, maybe they were having a bad, maybe they were this and they were this. But the truth is that he said something homophobic. No one called him out on it. The responsibility fell to you, a person who is not straight, to, uh, to, to quote, fix an unfixable situation. Like, that's, that's the reality, and it's, it's a terrible one, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is why, man, so when I was reading through the questions, Jen, you know I love men. I do. Um, but when I read, I have a, a virtual book club with myself by woman and three straight male friends, I had a very, like, mechanic looking at the bottom of a car being like, well, there's your problem, you know? Like... <laughs> Like, this is, this is why people have safe spaces. This is why yeah. people have yeah. g- groups for marginalized genders. This is why people have, like, your Black Book Club. Like, it is a valid thing to not want to have to justify all of your feelings to people who have not taken the time to consider what your perspective might be, <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is why people have queer book clubs or why there are gyms that don't allow men. If you're a marginalized gender or race, you have to defend your existence every second of every day. And maybe we can take the burden off for an hour every week by not you not having to defend every single thing about yourself in for just a little while. I can feel that this asker must love these friends because she's been in this book club for so long. And I mean, long enough that they've gone through multiple books, you know, and that's a that's a book club. And I I get it. I get probably that you are going into this wanting to mend things. And I don't want you to. I want you to, you know, shit all over the walls and run away. That is really what I want. But if if you really feel that you want to put in this amount of work, you start with the two uh, boys who did not back you up when they should have. Um, we don't talk 
to the homophobic dude first. If you want to take aside one or two of the other boys and be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I need you to back me up. I'm feeling very alone or I'm going to leave the book club. You, that's a way to do that, I guess. That's like, you know, level 1.5 or something like that amount of energy. Man, I'm just so, I think the reason why this question makes me so upset is because it is such a massive amount of work falling to the wrong fucking person. And like, I know we've said that a few times, but it's just like, I want them to listen to this episode and not you, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm mad for all the same reasons, Trin, and a couple additional ones, which is like, this is why people don't join clubs. Yeah. <laughs> this is why people are like, don't want to join that book club or attend that event. Like, this is the kind of thing that gives that gives a lot of people I know personal anxiety. Like, what if what if we don't safely disagree on this book? What if we disagree in a way that is unreasonable, such as disagreeing fundamentally with a gay romance? That's not something that's up for debate. Like, there's so many interesting things you could debate about even about this book in particular, because it's a myth retelling. It's just you weren't given an opportunity to uh, enjoy yourself at this book club. And this shouldn't be work. This isn't this isn't something you're getting paid for. These are your friends. Friends are supposed to take burdens off of you, not give you more. The more I think about this, the sadder I get, honestly, because I again, like it's we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have very little opportunity to interact with our friends. And it seems like this is one of the small ways you're trying to do that. And instead of being enjoyable, it's a constant source of stress. And I really think you should quit. I really think you should move on because taking on the duty of raising these three fuckboys, like, do you really want to be the mom to three fuckboys who don't know how to use Google? Is that what you want your life to look like right now? I don't think so. This guy had a thought and he said it out loud. In fact, he said it out loud many times. Yep. He didn't think, hey, maybe this is crappy, or I'm going to Google this book and see what it's all about. Or maybe the problem is me. Or maybe I shouldn't share this with a friend who's bisexual. Or maybe this makes other people feel sad. None of those thoughts occurred to him. What, what, what occurred to him was, um, this is important. It's important that the group knows that I'm not reading a gay romance. Everyone needs to know that. We all agree, right? Yes. Like that is, that is, that is what he did. So, that is so uncool. It's so shitty. And w- while at the same time defending gratuitous violence towards women and being like, oh, that's just reality. It's like, well, I don't know if you knew this dude, but gay people are also real. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it might blow your mind that you uh, you uh, have non-straight people in your life. And you are when you say this book isn't for me, it's for them, 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 those people. That's discrimination. And it's really shitty. Yeah. So I have never been in a book club for a lot of obvious reasons. And so I actually I talked to my my partner about this because, I again, I, I have not stopped thinking about this question since we read it. And because he, he's in he's been in several book clubs. And one thing he said that really stuck with me was the entire purpose of a book club is to have other people's recommendations and read things you wouldn't normally read. Like, that's the whole idea is that yeah. we we all share we read these things. Then we talk about it at the end. And these men are not doing that with you. They are not listening to your perspective. They don't care whether or not you are uncomfortable with violence, uh, gratuitous violence towards women in the books. And more power to you if you will take on the responsibility of helping these men see the error of their ways. But the truth is, I think it's time to bounce. You deserve better. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I, think, and I think the asker really knows that. 
if uh, I have a, a small idea, that's not going to fix anything, or but um, maybe it'll make the asker feel a little bit better. Go read about this book um, on Google and read the absolute gushing reviews of people who have their have had their lives changed by this book. Like I have, a, I know someone who says who told me once, even thinking about the ending of this book makes her tear up because it's so moving and incredible and thought provoking. And I know when it comes down to it, this isn't really about the book. It's about your friend's terrible behavior and homophobia. But I, I also want you to know that there are other book clubs. There are other people that will celebrate, quote, this type of book. Those people exist. You can be friends with people that, that don't mistreat you in book club. I'm not getting much out of a gay romance. Like, man. <sighs> You're not getting much out of this friendship anymore, Asker. Oh, my God. Bouts. High five, Jen, through the fucking Internet. I don't know if you can see me. <laughs> But like, I can see you. High five. High five to Jen. Jen, I think that that is a great place to wrap up because really that's, that's the end of it, you know? So in conclusion, to wrap this up, let's be really clear. All three of the other members of this book club really messed up. And one of them is most definitely homophobic. All three of them continually recommend books that include violence towards women, even though you expressed a preference, they're not listening to you. They're not listening to you about anything. And now they're exhibiting actually egregious behavior. And if you feel like you have the energy, the time, and the love for them, you can step in and say, hey, these are my feelings. This is what went wrong. Let's talk about this. You can do that. However, because it seems you already have done that, I give you full permission to yell at them at full blast and say, I'm out because they should have solved this amongst themselves and they fucking didn't. And you are a bisexual woman and you deserve so much better than this. It's not real friendship if your friend forgets your identity and acts inappropriately towards it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty clear to me that your friend is not really seeing you. And that means not respecting you. And I'm, I'm really bummed about that. My conclusion is this. I, since we read this question two weeks ago, Trent, it's been a thorn in my side. It's been bothering me. Like it's like making my brain itch because I, I just I got to get my feelings out about this. So I can't imagine how much it's bothering the asker right. and like disrupting their day. And uh, that's unfair. And uh, whatever you do from here, we, we really wish you the best. And we give you permission to do to leave quietly, to leave loudly, to do what you need. Jen, I've been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance, as you know, and it, I don't I wouldn't say I enjoy it. I don't. Um, I, I'm watching it mostly because <laughs> it is a interesting glimpse into global wealth inequality, racism and emotional illiteracy, essentially. And something that people say on the show a lot is I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> and you want to know what? Like, you're fucking done. Okay? <laughs> like, you're out. You're done. You can't. Yes. Say it into a mirror. Make a, make a video of you saying it and, like, and put on some good music and, like, stand up straight. Do the Wonder Woman pose or whatever that's called. Yeah. You know, the body language that makes you feel better. Yes. Do what you got to do. If you need to amp yourself up, do it because you deserve better than this. You're done. I'm done. We're all done. Friend, I really, I really, I wish you the best of luck ridding yourself of these, these awful people. Uh, best of luck. <laughs> this has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to support this podcast, a great way would be to buy something that we advertised in the beginning of the show or go to friendshippingbook.com, friendshippingpodcast.com. They go to the same place. 
And you can buy a copy of our book there. You can share it to people, um, you know, tell people about our podcast because that's what we love. Also on those websites, you can ask us a question. So if you go to friendshipingpodcast.com, there's a portal. You can ask us a question there or you can send us an email. Emails are still okay. Friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing this incredibly angry episode. You're going to have a time with this. Um, God, we should tip him some more. Um, Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for your design work. Thank you to Monica Verma, our wonderful literary agent. Thank you to Molly Lewis for the creation and singing of our fantastic theme song. And thank you, listeners, for listening to us yell. And you're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem. Because non-binary um, includes such a wide swath. I'm going to say that I just I just whacked my hand into some bubble wrap. <laughs> oh.